What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Action Movie Anatomy. We are covering the Tony Scott classic and groundbreaking action film, Top Gun, today. Stick with us as Andrew and I break down one of the greatest films, possibly the greatest action film of all time. We'll see you in one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Wednesday afternoon. Welcome to yet another episode of Action Movie Anatomy, talking about Top Gun. Son, your ego's writing checks. Your body can't cash. <laughs> this is a groundbreaking film, one of the most important action movies ever. Very polarizing, as you'll find out. Uh, but this is episode 51. 51. Of Action Movie Anatomy. We have done almost one year's worth of episodes, but we crossed our 50th episode last week. Uh, two weeks ago, actually, yeah. we did two weeks' episodes worth of The Rock. We had to. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as fun as it gets. So go ahead and watch it. The Rock followed by Top Gun. It's a big two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> The Rock is, in our opinions, or is my opinion, one of the is the greatest '90s action movie of all time. Yeah. And in a lot of people's opinions, Top Gun is the greatest '80s action movie of all time. It's extremely important and iconic. Whatever it is. Whatever um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be covering the movie today, guys. This is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by Mr. Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? I'm here. I'm excited to talk about Top Gun. What is it, 30 years now? 30 years ago this week, wow. Top Gun opened in theaters. That's crazy. Yes. Tom Cruise invented his own version of Worldwide Press uh, in accordance with this film, because he was doing this movie and working on several others. The 80s, this period of his career, were insane. We'll talk about that yeah. in Star Breakdown. But the number of high-profile projects he was doing, and that's kind of how he's been, is he just goes back to back to back to back to back on movies. He never takes time off. So he was like... He's a true movie star. Yeah, he was like, you know, why don't we just, uh, rather than, you know, doing press here and there, and, and he was like, why don't we just fly all around and do all of them, like, back to back to back to back to back days. So he went all around Europe and all around the world doing press on this movie. Um, he's such a badass. Yeah, he just can't. He's like, you know what? It's like doing the one thing that a lot of actors don't like to do. It's yeah, like, we'll just do it. We'll just do it this way. We'll do it the most effective way. Yeah. So this is. I remember listening to an interview with him at one point talking about this was the one where he was like, because they there was a lot of press on this movie. It was a huge, huge movie, which um, is weird because a lot of people didn't think it was going to do that well before it came out. Well, that's I think in a lot of ways why it's such an important movie mm-hmm. is because it it was kind of the movie that broke the mold in a lot of ways. It's hard to point to like blockbuster action movies as big as this before this. Right. Um, it's it's sort of brand of like popcorn action that it that it kind of. Like, I don't know, it became an icon. It became like a totem for this kind of movie. You can't really think of movies before this that had the same kind of thing. Like Star yeah. Wars and movies like that, Indiana Jones, they're huge, but in a very different way. Yeah, they're good movies. Well, <laughs> they're adventure <laughs> movies. They're adventure yeah. movies that have the like, real very, story. Yeah, this was like, um, I mean, this could be like one of the first true popcorn action movies. Right, this is like The Fast and the Furious yeah. or like some movie like that where it's just, you're going into it, you're like, this is going to be silly and fun. Just precisely what it is. Yeah, it made exactly. so much money and it was so successful. Um, so, in any case, guys, uh, we talk about action movies on the show. The action movies we talk about, generally speaking, as well as being made after 1981, adhere to four basic rules. Mm-hmm. So, rule number one: the hero always plays by their own rules. Maverick definitely Maverick plays by his own. Rules. Doesn't have any rules other than his own. No. Requesting a flyby. Requesting a flyby. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if you want a flyby. <laughs> uh, rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, aliens, what have you, in the room it's a little weird in this one because there isn't really a villain yeah i mean i guess if you had to choose a villain it'd be val kilmer 
Yeah, it's like Val Kilmer, or it's like it's like the Mig pilots. The Migs, yeah, uh, something like that. And I guess it's I guess it's Kilmer. He's like yeah. his adversary. And he is the movie. smartest guy in the room. He's a better pilot than Cruz. Yeah, well, better maybe. Yeah, exactly. I think he's it's, not. it's proven later that he's not. He's not. Not at all. <laughs> uh, he's the best. He's the best. Uh, rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. They are definitely military. Yes, they and are. Rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. I mean, in a lot of ways, it fits. Well, and in a lot of ways, this movie is kind of like the. This is like the prototype. Like this is what you're. This is what you're going after. Like yeah. explosions are there just to be explosions, and like the hero being the smartest guy in the room is like a prerequisite for this movie ever to have having worked. Like you needed a guy that was that cocky. Yeah. So it's like it's funny when you think about all the rules and and how we've evolved in the, in the thirty years since this movie. Um, but what we'll talk about whether this is a good movie or how it's good as we go through the episode. So uh, we're gonna start out. By letting you guys know that we personally are on Twitter, and so is the podcast. You guys have been really awesome recently, yeah. actually, about uh, getting on the the podcast Twitter, AMA Podcast, as it is. We've gotten some new followers, some comments. People have been leaving their thoughts. You can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media, and you can find me at Andrew Guy. If you guys want to share your thoughts, you want to tell us you agree or don't agree with things that we have to say, and of course, uh, if you rate, review, and leave your thoughts on iTunes, uh, that is extremely helpful. A lot of you guys have done it, but we provide free content. We want to continue to provide free content. We can do it if you guys help us stay high in the standings. Rate, review, all of those things. Uh, it is very helpful for us to continue to do the show. So, and we just love reading what you write. Yes, absolutely. Because we, we love to talk about action movies. We need positive reaffirmation. <laughs> I, I want you to go and leave us a review. Nothing would make me happier. Except for in this movie, it's more like, I want you to go leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a kid in this movie. His voice it's so crazy how young he is in this film. Yeah, it's really wild. And he looks different. Like, he looks different, and he sounds different, the because he's so damn up. young. Yeah, I mean, the, the earliest Cruise movie we had done on the show thus far, I don't think we've done any classic Cruise in the show, no. right? No. Because we haven't done MI1. And even then, it's not the same as this. No, that's, that's almost ten years later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Risky Business, but really, we didn't do... Yeah, we haven't tackled Young Cruise yet. No. This is like our sixth cruise movie now or something. Sixth or seventh, I think. We're going to run out real soon. Definitely not. <laughs> you need to keep making Jack Reachers. <laughs> I mean, if we, okay, like, just so before we get into the trailer, like, how many cruise action movies are left for us to do? Collateral. Collateral, yeah. Jack Reacher. Yep. Jack uh, Reacher 2, which will be out. In Jack the fall. Reacher 2, yes. Um, so we, that's three. We could do Oblivion if we wanted. We could. Um, there's the first two Mission Impossibles. Definitely need to do number two. Yeah. And we could probably do one. <laughs> yeah, at we'll some do point. one one day. That's seven. They'll probably, by that point, there'll probably be a sixth Mission Impossible out. That'll be his and last a one. And Second Edge of Tomorrow. And yeah. a Second Edge of Tomorrow. We could, if we wanted, do War of the Worlds. Uh, I don't think we would. Could. Yeah. It that's an interesting really one. Feel like us. Uh, that's, so that's like seven or eight right there. And I think like some of the 90s stuff, like there's like Days of Thunder. Yeah. There's like. <laughs> it just feels so different. Yeah. You hate Young Cruise. I don't hate Young Cruise. <laughs> I just. Well, I thought it was really interesting what you said to me when we like, were watching this. I love this. Risky Business. I thought it was interesting that when we were watching this, when you said you were like, oh, watching yeah. this movie reminds me of before I like learned to love him via the show, yeah. why I used to hate Tom Cruise. Absolutely. This movie absolutely reminded me of why I hated Tom Cruise. I think, and for a lot of people, it's the same way. Young Tom Cruise, like he's so like exuberant. He's got the big smile and the, the charisma teeth. and the cockiness. Yeah, which is cool, but I don't know why it used to rub me the wrong way. I, like I seriously think like there was a lot of people that when when the switch turned on him in 06, 
I think there was a lot of people that were like, I've always hated Tom Cruise. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I was one of them. Even though I watched his movies and I enjoyed them. Right. It was still like one of those things like, whatever, dude, fuck you then. Yeah. You know, like, he's like, he's like a lot of these guys who are like some of my favorites, right? So like, like Tom Brady or like Kobe Bryant, like it's the similar effect on a lot of these people where it's like, they stuck at it long enough. They stayed to where good they earn your respect for long enough yeah. that they earned the respect of the people that were like, you know what? I just can't deny. You truly go full circle with all those people you just said. Yeah, it's like I just you're like watching at my four. You're like, I just can't deny this guy's just awesome. Yeah, like he's just good. And like, yeah, I like Jerry Maguire. And like, yes, I like a few good men. Like, I'm not going to deny those of are course. sweet movies. And yeah, Risky Business is fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, but there's something about this. Mo- I think okay. Let's let's move on in the show because yeah. I'm going to give away too much of my stuff. Yeah, no we problem. Got, we got a trailer here. Yeah, so let's. Queue up the uh, the Top Gun trailer. It's real good. <laughs> real good trailer. Real good. Already feels good. Present day. <laughs> Gotta love that eighties pan flute. Yeah. Right. Just want to serve my country. Be the best fighter pilot in Navy. Sir, you want to know who the best is? That's him, Iceman. Iceman. Ice cold, no mistake. So sweet. Ice cold, no mistake. So cold, no mistake. cleaner than the other guys. I'm Maverick. Maverick? Does your mother not like you or something? I got to do something here. I, I, I still can't believe it. I got to give you your dream shot. You two characters are going, going to Top Gun. Going to top Gun. Even though you're a couple of slackers. Yeah. The elite will make you better. We'll make you better. What's that? Who's the best pilot? I'm an instructor at this school. I see 20 new hot shots every eight weeks. Every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. That's right. That's right. And dangerous. Nice. Man. It's, okay, I think the reason you don't like him is because he's not believable. Cruise, like young Cruise, like and I'm dangerous. No, you're not. Definitely in this movie, he's not believable. I mean, or he is, but like believable as a fuck. Like who would ever like this guy? No, exactly. That's yeah. I'm not gonna let you go. I was thinking about that. Like, what woman in her right mind would ever fall for Tom Cruise in this movie? Yeah, like, ever. He's the worst. He's the worst. He's like a cocky little sh- emotional shithead. Maverick, you back him up with Merlin on Ready Five. Yes, sir. There are MIGs in the area and tensions are high. If you witness a hostile act, you will return fire. Gentlemen, this is the real thing. This is what you've been trained for. Three MIGs dead ahead. Coming down the left side. It is crazy that he's able to avoid those five MIGs for as long as he does. Oh, yeah. Nice man. I got a good lock. Fire. Firing. Pump the brakes. He'll fly right by us. Tom Cruise, Kelly, Kelly McGillis. McGillis, Top Gun. Love that Kelly McGillis is billed as the other top yeah. in this movie, and like in, in retrospect, it's just like nope, like not even a little, not bit. even a little bit. Yeah, like no. doesn't even doesn't even chart. Um, so that is the trailer, real sweet for 1986's Top Gun. Tom <laughs> um, Cruise, Kelly McGillis. Oh, speaking of which, should we get into action movie tagline? I think we should. <laughs> so this is the thing we started doing a little bit, a little bit back, guys, where we we essentially. Take the little taglines that we used to read on boxes of movies at the video store when we would go to the video store as kids, and we come up with our own. And they're very often not as serious as the ones on the box. Sometimes they're a bit longer. Um, but it's just kind of our fun way to uh, pay homage, homage, homage. Holmes. 
to uh, the things that we grew up loving and, and the excitement of, of reading these quotes on the back of boxes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, because mine's pretty good, too. I, I, I just want to, yeah, I'm so curious because you wouldn't even tell me. Like, a lot of times you'll at least tell me a little bit. I you wouldn't tell me anything. I wanted to surprise you. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Do you want me to go first? you want to go first? Um, why don't you go first? Okay. <clears throat> All right, boys. Time to invite Davey, Mikey, and Billy over for the ride of your lives. And don't forget the baby oil. Try to hang on to your shirts or don't, while you all try to find the incredible G-Force together. It's good. It's gay. It's very good. <laughs> it's funny. Wait, I, we, we is had it a the similar same? idea. <laughs> it's because this movie is so unintentionally homoerotic. It is. Okay, go ahead. Shine it up. <laughs> Rub it down and get inside. Two men, one cockpit. Zero room for hesitation. <laughs> because loser's just another word. For second place. That's not bad. Top Gun. Top Gun. You like it? <laughs> they're both. They're both. I like how we just went for the. We just hit the nail right on the head. It, you can't like watching this movie this time through. And I've probably seen Top Gun. I don't know seven, eight times in my three life. Three times. I watched it a lot, and like, it feels like why it just gets. It just gets sillier, and like, it just gets sillier, and like, seemingly like. I, I don't know, like, it's, you just watch it, you're like, how are you guys making this movie and not just, like, this really feels like we're spoofing a gay porn. Well, like, exactly, and, like, also the thing with, with, like, Kilmer not even wanting to be a part of the film. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to do it. He was contractually obligated yeah. to do it, and it's probably because he read the script and he's just like, what is this? Yeah. But, I mean, it is one of his most iconic roles ever. If you look at, like, on, if you, yeah, if you go on IMDb and it's like, what's he known for? I'm yeah. pretty sure Top Gun's the top credit. Yeah, because, I mean, the other ones would be, like, uh, The Doors, Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, like those two. Yeah, probably The And doors. The Saint. The Saint, yeah. It's a lot, like, it's, in terms of cult classics, people, like, love his two movies before this. Mine's um, all about MacGruber. He's the greatest he's villain He's fantastic ever. in MacGruber. Yeah. yeah, he's really good in MacGruber. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, like, I like Kilmer. He's, he's been good in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, but I would say those three, yeah, prob- probably, unless I'm forgetting one, would be his biggest. We should do Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part D. On here. <laughs> it would be fun to do, some, sweet. do a parody at some get point. Get Sheen on here. We probably should just do MacGruber at some point. We will. We're yeah. going to get Forte on here. Yeah. We're going to do it, Will. Yeah. We're going to get you. Yeah. Well, whether or not Forte comes on, we should just do the movie. Yeah. We got to yeah. both dress up as him. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> get Brockman in town. Brockman yeah. be the fill-in. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he loses shit. And get Anthony in here. Just make sure he sits down. Yeah. He just has to sit and listen to it. Oh, it'd be horrible. Tim Backus, uh, you know, the writer warrior, he, um, he's in our fantasy football league and he sat next to our buddy Max, who is obsessed with MacGruber, and he quoted MacGruber lines for... Like four hours. Four hours. Sitting around. Anthony had no idea who he was. He hated him. Anthony had been up all night prior to the draft. The draft's at six in the morning, and he was just sitting there with a throbbing headache trying to focus and, like, make a good draft. Max is just wasted at seven or eight in the morning, uh, and Anthony's just sitting there just like, what is this who guy is doing? this kid? What is with this kid? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, anyway, so those are our action movie taglines. You guys can... T- Write your own in the in the live chat or on. Uh, you can do it on Twitter. I can't even talk today, man. YouTube. My brain is falling apart. If you guys want to, you know, leave your thoughts as far as uh, if you think that you would come up with a tagline less gay than the ones we came up with, <laughs> or better, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and in no way is anything we're saying, by the way, derogatory or like discriminatory. No, not at all. And I don't mean that in like a political correctness, but I just mean like th- 
Like, if you watch this movie, it's, like, really, it really apparent. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, that's just what it is. Like, 100%. <laughs> like, even after Goose dies when he's, like, in the bathroom talking, die, but, but, that might have been my fist pump. It's like Cruz all bent over and Ben's like, that's a good look. <laughs> Laugh for, like, a minute straight. Cruz is in, like, granny panties and, like, and like Viper walks and just, like, stands behind him, about, like, six feet behind him, but directly behind him. Yeah, directly behind him. Cruz is just bent over in front of him while they're talking, and you're just like, you're like, what's happening? And then when he's Couldn't like, it's okay, he, like... Pats him on the back, and he glides his back or his hand across his back all the way down his arm and leaves. <laughs> like, these things happen in movies, and, like, you know, you have a sense of humor about it. We're not trying to be, like, bathroom humor, but it's, no. like, when it's every other scene, something happens that you're just like, huh, weren't you guys aware of what was going on here? Like, no one saw this? No one felt this? Another thing that's really weird about this movie is it's 1986. It's not as if, like... In 1986, it's not as if, like, we were in the same liberal climate culturally that we are now, where, like, totally. where it's, like, like e- you know, equal opportunity, and, like, it's, like, well, maybe it's because it wasn't talked about, or it wasn't as, like, nationally recognized, that no no one would acknowledge it. Right, well, like, okay, you don't think that, like, pilots, like, essentially the same as guys in locker rooms, make, like, they're, like, a little bit, you know, they're a little bit, like, backwards yeah. with oh, their sense yeah. of humor. I mean, like, I played, I played sports my whole life. Right. Like, nothing is as homoerotic <laughs> as a men's locker room. Right. Because like, you're that close with all those people. It's just, you're all family. Eat tons of gay jokes all the time. Yeah, always. Yeah. It's just what happens. It's amazing there's not one in the whole movie. Yeah, it, it, but it, in this movie, it doesn't translate to the same feeling. No. It, it, there's, there's no, there's never any acknowledgement. Yeah, like, there's no jokes about it. It's just there. Well, it's also, it's, like, funny. It's, like, one, you know, one guy leans over to the other guy when they're talking about Jets, and he's like, this gives me a hard-on. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, huh. Like, you're like, the guy, the other guy's not going to say anything Is that a joke? Is that a joke? Is it a joke? Or does he really being honest? <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it. Um, but in any case. All right, so, so uh, yeah, those are our taglines. <laughs> let's move into a thesis statement, which, uh, in my opinion, is right on key with what we're talking about, because my thesis statement... Literally, and thesis statement, by the way, for those of you that don't know, if this is the first time watching the show, mm-hmm. it's the part of the show we come up with a bold idea, something big, something something broad, something that is rooted almost like in hyperbole, should be the greatest this, the best this, the strongest this, not like this is my favorite this, or I this, really enjoyed this. This has one of the greatest gunfights uh, of a movie in 1994. It's like, that's not good enough. It should be big. So um, mine is just that this is the most unintentionally homoerotic blockbuster ever made. Yeah, that was mine originally, too. It's a little too obvious because it's been talked about at length in yeah. this movie, but I just like thinking about the movie. Like it just is the thing that sticks with me the most. It just jumps out at me. You know uh, what? Then I then I have I, I'm going to use all three of mine then, all right. just because I can. Uh, my first, my original one is that this is the most overrated movie of all time. All right, and I'm going to get crucified by the audience and Top Gun fans everywhere out there. But I don't like this movie. I don't. I don't, and I think I don't like it because people love it so much. Right. And I love Tom Cruise, and I love action movies. You guys know that about me. But this movie, I just can't get on board with. Right. I don't know if it's because there's no villain. I don't know if there's, because there's not even one sense of danger. And honestly, the whole time that we were watching the movie, I was really looking forward to Goose dying. Yeah. Not because I don't like Goose, because that's another one of my thesis statements, that Goose is the best part of the film. Yeah. Um... But because I thought it was going to bring some realism to the film, some real gravity, like real emotion. Because when I was talking to my friend about it the other day, and I was saying that we're going to do it on the show, and she was like, oh, yeah, when Goose dies, it just rips my heart apart. Yeah. I feel nothing when he dies. Really? Nothing. Nothing? And I love Goose. Yeah. Like, nothing. Like, yeah, Meg Ryan, his kid, and his wife come there. It's, I think they just put that in because you wouldn't have cared if he died if they didn't. Like, there's yeah, no... maybe. There's nothing going on in that scene. It's just like they're spinning out and blah, 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 and then he pulls the thing, and then he's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they totally pull the rug out from underneath themselves. They right. could have made it so much more dramatic. Um, 
And then my third one was the best part of this film is the soundtrack. Which is quite possibly true. Yeah. Uh, this this is in the running for 80 soundtracks as the best. Uh, it's got... What, nine times platinum? Something like that. Yeah. It's, it's got... Well, so it's got Playing With The Boys and Highway To The Danger Zone, both Kenny Loggins tracks. Both are fantastic. It's got uh, Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. I believe it's got Lead Me On by Tina Turner. Uh, it's got Berlin, Take My Breath Away. It's... That's the one. Yeah. Which they play like... 500 times in the movie. Fantastic song. <laughs> it's got uh, that song, uh, In Your Eyes by... Uh, Wait, what? In Your Eyes is like the most underrated song on the soundtrack. Which one's that? It's in Your Eyes. Oh, yeah, that I one. I want to see your love again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that song. Love that song. I can't think who does it, but uh, one of my favorites. And there's like at least one or two others that are big, but this movie is fantastic. Oh, the Top Gun theme, the anthem, which yep. I think the guitar is done by Eddie Van Halen, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's just just fucking sweet. The yeah, the soundtrack great. is awesome. Like that is one thing about this. But th- yeah, yeah, I it's played, great. They I, just they just overdo it with Berlin. You mean <laughs> with all of it? <laughs> um, for the record, I disagree with Andrew. A lot of people do. I totally understand, guys. I don't think that this movie is like dramatically incredible or like I don't also don't think this movie holds together as an action movie in the way that some of my favorites do. Right. But I think that there's a quality to this movie that. Uh, people have been aware of forever, which is that it's super campy, mm-hmm. it's super silly. I think people like this movie in the way you love Con Air, but I think you went into it thinking that that wasn't the kind of movie it was. That's what I think it is. Because Con Air is equally absurd. I mean, Con Air is totally absurd. Right. Like, the only difference being, like, maybe Cyrus the Virus is a kind of a good villain, but, like, aside from that, everything in the movie is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree. I do think that Malkovich and Cage are better actors than Cruz and Kilmer in this movie. It, I mean, but whatever it is, I think it's the yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, just ten years later. But people don't talk about Top Gun in the same way. Like, they talk about Top Gun like it's one of Cruz's best movies. I, think, I can't fathom that. Yeah, I, like I think when recently Grantland did their before Grantland shut down, they did right. like a poll. It's like uh, every Tom Cruise character in a bracket. Yeah, and I think in the end Maverick won. Did it? Is that a Maverick won or it was uh, his character? I remember from looking at this Risky Business. Yeah, Joel. I think it was one of those two characters. Should have been him. Yeah, but I think Maverick might have won. The I, whole thing. I, I totally believe it. I totally believe it. People love this movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on. Uh, real quick, gents. Yes. Uh, quick correction. The original guitarist was Steve Stevens for the Top Gun anthem. Oh, okay. Eddie Van Halen did uh, re-perform it like much later. Okay. Got it. Got it. All got right. It. Okay. Um, so thank you, Donica. Thank Don- yeah. That's Donica, by the way. Mark Donica. He's hey. our engineer on the show. Also, well, Lover Boy did Heaven in Your Eyes. Yes, that's what it is. Heaven I in thought your eyes. he was saying he was also our lover boy. <laughs> uh, that's off the record. Uh, which we are going to be doing a crossover with Donica real soon for Doom. Yes, for video game movie anatomy and action movie anatomy. Yeah, I'm hoping we can uh, we can both be in on that. But I think definitely at least one of us will be in on it. Yeah, uh, the video game movie anatomy Doom, and that's the that's the Doom the movie from like oh one or something. The Rock, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Yep. Yes, the Rock. Rock. Wow, was it really that long ago? I think it was like 2005, wasn't it? I think it was a little early. Oh, three would be really? my guess. Donica. All yeah. right. Um, so we can talk about star profiles a little bit, where these guys were in their career. Um, we, we, it's funny that Cruz and Kelly McGillis... Um, it's funny that Cruz and Kelly McGillis are... Oh, you know what? I just skipped, didn't I? What'd you skip? I think I skipped fist pump moment. Ah! Oh, it's important. It's, it's a very important one. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking over at you and you were giving me the fist pump. I was pump. giving you the fist pump. I was like, like, hey, man. 
I was like, Andrew's enjoying himself. I was like, Andrew's in <laughs> Andrew's on- changed his mind about this film. <laughs> Andrew's in on the show today. Just give me some fist bumps. That's great. Um, so no, uh, fist bump moment. We will get to star profiles, guys. Don't worry. We'll break them down. Um, fist bump moment is the moment in the movie where you're sitting and you're watching it. Uh, it's a moment that Andrew probably never had in this film. But, I had, yeah. uh, but you're sitting and you're watching the movie and like something happens and you look around and you're like, are you seeing this right now? Are you are you seeing this? This is so awesome. You call your buddy and you're like, cue it, cue it up, cue it up to, to 10 minutes and 48 seconds. I'm going to push start at the same time. Stop talking. Stop talking. I want to watch the scene with you. Get in here. Get, Jeff, get in here. Get, no, I know you're eating. Just watch this. Yeah. Uh, that's what fist bump moment is. And it can be anything. It can be a, a one-liner. To that a, extent, that never happened for me in this film. But I do have a sweet moment. Yeah. I've got a few in this movie. It's a funny one. It doesn't have, like, dramatic fist bumps, but it no. has. So so playing with the boys. It has nostalgic fist pumps. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cue up the volleyball scene here because I'm gonna use that, this as my fist pump moment. Okay, let's do it. Which, uh, is just playing into the homoeroticism even more. I thought this was. I thought you were gonna Crush do this as our ultimate man. action scene. <laughs> you stink. Slider. 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 You stink. You stink. Like that's even the worst <laughs> burn of all time. I don't stink. The crappy sound effect of a sniff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Okay, I <laughs> They are real good. So it's like if we were to learn a lesson from this scene, it would be that like when you and your boy wants to like intimidate another group of dudes, right? You you beat them at beach volleyball. You put your jeans on and you take your shirt off and you go to be- play beach volleyball. Gotta then, tape up. Gotta have protection. Yeah. Right. And you hit the ball like that. And then another lesson to be learned is that when you do something cool, yeah. you look at your buddy and you f- and you flex for him. Uh, you know, that's definitely... <laughs> I'm like, hey, Andrew, did you see my move? I'm like... <laughs> You're like, nice work, bro. It's just what good buddies do. This is what good buddies do. And competitors. Look at that this song was a hit, by the way. Playing with the boys. Song kicks I, ass. It's sweet. I mean, 80s music is, is yeah. the greatest. My Tom Cruise themed costume party birthday this last year. This was definitely on the soundtrack twice. <laughs> Berlin was my birthday away. five times. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Donica. All right. You can kill it. Oh, you can kill me, too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my... I, I think that that's my fist pump moment. You know, uh... There's there's like a bunch of others in the movie that are like pretty pretty hilarious or like weird. Yeah. But I think that's got to be my fist pump just because it's so like what the hell am I watching? Yeah, like why is this happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Your other one's pretty good too. Uh when Kelly McGillis first walks in in the flight academy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That that's, I love. That's my other just yeah, right after Cruz tries to pick her up at the bar and they're and they're sitting there and she walks around and Cruz just he's notices just like, that oh, and he God. just puts his head down. It's like just that's a funny moment. It's that's probably the realest moment in the whole movie. Yeah. Like watching that, I'm just like, I can relate to that. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. It's um my fist pump moment is it's when you see Iceman in the bar what, drinking what looks like a cup of ice water with yeah. his sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah. Just because I love Kilmer so much. Yeah. And he, to me, like I like I said earlier, my favorite Kilmer role ever is his uh, him is the bad guy in MacGruber. Yeah. Um, Dieter von Kahn. <laughs> but for some reason, Iceman, like, looking at him 30 years ago, he still just looks like such a shithead. Oh, yeah. And I, you love to hate him. Absolutely. Well, I think, like, so I think, like, another, like, really funny thing about this movie, and I was thinking about this when they're all celebrating at, at the end, uh-huh. but the same as the bar scene, like, 
these guys are in school, but they're still all naval pilots. They're some of the best pilots. So, like, yeah, as as is proven right at the end, like, if there's an attack, we're going to possibly throw you guys into planes to go fight for our country. So the idea that you guys would be able to drink at all, allowed, right. ever, ever, it, like, is absurd. Like, I, I wanted to watch it again when they're all celebrating at the end at the graduation. Like, it looks like a bunch of them are drinking. Yeah, they're all drinking champagne, right? Yeah. And you're like, that's... Doesn't, I, he, doesn't he even say something? Like, before you get too something? But, yeah, before yeah. we get too out of hand or something. But it's like, I, I'm pretty sure that, like... I, and granted, anybody who knows the law on this, quote me. Because, like, I be totally wrong about this. Yeah. But I cannot imagine you're allowed to have even a drop of alcohol and get into a $30 million fighter jet owned by the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you never know, man. I mean, uh, what's his name? Metta World Peace used to go in and drink Hennessy at halftime. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> And Denzel Washington landed that plane in flight. He did. Upside yeah. down. And he was wasted. He was hammered. <laughs> if we can learn anything. <laughs> so Denzel's awesome. Yes. Uh, so what was your fist bump moment? Uh, oh, Iceman. Yeah, Iceman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. So this is super interesting because this, like, I, I, we, we should have done Kelly Miguelos because she was second build. But I did Val Kilmer because this is the beginning of, and because who cares about Kelly Miguelos? I'm yeah, sorry. Right. But it's because this is the very beginning of his career. Right. Which I actually didn't know that. Kilmer. Yeah, I didn't know that. I well, don't know why. I thought he'd done more. Well, so, yeah, definitely the beginning of his career. This is the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I would say when you talk to people about their favorite Val Kilmer movies, Real Genius and Top Secret often come up as favorite yeah. cult classics. Like, they're, they were, like, they were movies that people really did enjoy. Yeah, real, I still like Real Genius. Yeah, yeah, they're funny. funny. Yeah. They're funny movies. They're entertaining. Top Secret's, like, really silly. Yeah. Um, but this is a different kind of movie. Well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> it tries to be. It made a hell of a lot more money than those there other movies is. did. Uh, I've heard in, in like Top Gun Two, Kilmer will be back. That's like that's yeah. what they're that's what yeah, they're saying. It's on his IMDb. Yeah, Cruz and Kilmer, and I think the premise is that uh, thirty years later, you know, all of the all, all of like the jet fighters are automated now, mm-hmm. and uh, but they need that they need the best of the best to fly against automated or like the like because they're just not good enough for something right. like that. Yeah, you know, these old dogs have to come in and and, and Viper's gonna be there too. Yeah, the the beauty of it is like. The video it is like <laughs> Fat Kilmer is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I just can't get over him. Yeah, uh, it's tough. The, the beauty of it is just like they're they're pretty old, and also like yeah. though the difference is like Cruz has taken impeccable care of himself. Yeah, like, and, remarkable care. Like Cruz, like when he when he botoxes and does it correctly, can still kind of. He's look, like in better shape now than he was in Top Gun. Yeah, well maybe not. He's pretty shredded, but like, yeah. Like if Cruz does it right, like Cruz can look like about forty five. Like, yeah. And he could look like a lean 45. Yeah, because someone in here wrote the ages earlier. I think, what, he's 54 now and Kilmer's like 57? Yeah, Cruz might be like 53, something like that. But yeah, okay. he definitely, like, if he does it right, he can look like a pretty young dude. Whereas, like, Kilmer would have to really get it together. He'd have to pull a Hasselhoff. Yeah. What Hasselhoff just did for Baywatch. Like, he'd have to go into intense training. But I also think it'd be sweet if he was just kind of like a chubby alcoholic and they're like, all right, we need you back. Yeah, we, we need you back, Iceman. Back, Iceman. Right, yeah, I'll be there. You used to be the you used to be the best. That's my name on that plaque. <laughs> Sorry for yelling in the mic audio. So uh, so yeah, this definitely launched Kilmer's career, and it's true what you said that he was contractually obligated to do the film that he was actually uninterested in the role. Which is so, that's another thing that's crazy to me. That's why I pointed it out is because like, dude, this is your third blockbuster yeah. ever. Yeah, not even excuse me, your third feature film ever ever. Yeah, with Tom Cruise, yeah. who's on top of the world, and you're playing opposite him. And you don't want to do the film like that's as as I've said before. I'm an actor. Yeah, I could not even imagine wanting to turn this film down. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a different time back then, but for but sure. Com- but I mean, even then, it's just like. Uh, even if I'm going to put in what I think is a shitty movie with Ryan Gosling or Tom Hardy, yeah, right. I'm going to do it. Yeah, for sure. Know? I think so. Let's jump over to Cruz because we can talk about sort of where he was as mm-hmm. well. So we've talked about him before, but we've never talked about his career. <laughs> Have we talked about him before? <laughs> we've never talked about his career this early. Yeah. So Cruz's first movie is in '81. So we called Taps, and he's a weird, like he's a he's like a slightly psychotic uh, military student. Mm-hmm. He's in a movie called Endless Love. He has like probably one scene or two scenes, and then after that. It's pretty much like where this all starts because I think the movie Losing It is from 82 where he and like Jackie Earl Haley and like a couple mm-hmm. other people go to Mexico to try to lose their virginity. It's a pretty hard movie to get a hold of. It's real bad. Um, <laughs> it's like a terrible movie. And then and then like you've seen it. I have. Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, and then he did Risky Business in 83. So that's the breakthrough. Yeah. Risky is like that's the big breakthrough. And Risky Business is the movie that like going back and looking back at Tom Cruise's career, you can in a lot of ways argue that Risky Business is the best movie he ever made. Because it's it's just like it's, it's so real, it's so authentic, and yeah, he's he he's the something that I can re- relate it to is that it's like um, Wahlberg in Boogie Nights, yeah, like when you see someone just kind of being like authentically just being, and you believe everything, yeah. It's great. The soundtrack's amazing. Like, it's just, he plays a high school kid perfectly. And if you go and you compare that movie from 33 years ago to, like, any coming-of-age teen drama that comes out today, mm-hmm. it, it really holds up. Absolutely. We watched it, what, like a month ago, and it was great. Yeah. So then All the Right Moves is in 83, and he's, it's like, a football movie. It's, like, it's fine, you know? Like, that was, people like that movie. But, again, it was, like, it's kind of that, it's the sort of that thing where you have a stud star who comes out in a hit, and then they have some other sort of B-movie that comes out the same year, but everybody sees it just mm-hmm. because just they're a star. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when This Means War came out, and it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Chris Pine's like really hot right now, yeah. so we'll just see this movie. Um, and then it's like, all, so, and, and then Legend, 85, Ridley Scott, which is like... It's not bad. Uh, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah, Legend is like a, one of those movies they just kind of miss the mark on. It's like a... It's like fantasy, and I think I think Tim Curry plays the devil, and he's like very memorable as Satan. Um, but yeah. they designed these crazy sets, but the movie was just like just weird. And then the next movie he makes is Top Gun. Yeah. So it's it, it is interesting that there was three years between Risky Business and Top Gun. I do find that to be pretty fascinating because three years in Hollywood is a long time, especially for. I mean, I guess he's young, so it makes sense. But someone like Cruz, who was known for having an insane work ethic, yeah, right. It could have just been that he didn't have a lot of offers, you know. Well, he's so right around this time is when he's filming. He's he's working on and filming all these movies because within the next three years, he's got the Color of Money comes out. Right. He's got Rain Man <sighs> that comes movie. out. Yep. He's got Cocktail that comes out. He's got Born on the Fourth of July just a couple years later that comes out. I mean, he was working on huge stuff. Mm-hmm. This is literally the front. This is where his career just explodes. Yeah. Um, but I guess you could liken him in this when he made Top Gun with Risky Business All the Right Moves of Legend. I'm just trying to think, like, who can we think of who we've sort of witnessed in our time go through the same transition? I mean, nobody, because nobody's as big as Tom Cruise. Right. A guy who's, like, gigantically big now. I guess it would be Maybe sort Leo? of... Maybe? But his career, he, he didn't do as many films. Yeah, I mean, Titanic was the breakthrough. Yeah, and then there was, like, The Beach was in there. and Yeah, I was trying to think, like, if you were to go right before Titanic, what were the movies that he did? Because you got it, because, like, to liken someone to Tom Cruise, you have to have seen them on the big screen as an what looks like an 18-year-old. You know? I guess it would be sort of like, it would be sort of like this. It would be, like, Shia LaBeouf, when he did... I guess Transformers was his breakthrough. That was the huge breakthrough for him. Yeah, I mean, Holes. 
Yeah, but he was so much younger. Right? Yeah, Holes was like a long time. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. But Transformers was like the big breakthrough. Yeah, and because he did even Stevens forever, and then he did Holes, and then Transformers was like, I'm growing up now. Yeah, so I feel like when Transformers came out, everybody was like, Oh, Shia LaBeouf, he's the thing. We want to see him in the next thing. And I seem to remember Eagle Eye coming out, and that movie sucked. Not good. Yeah, that movie wasn't good. And no. Disturbia came out, and that movie was just fine. It's like I it would, forgot. I completely that movie's not as bad as you think it would be but it's yeah. not good story is fine yeah but i guess so you could you could sort of put those movies in the same category all the right moves is legend that david morse david morse is the bad guy in that isn't he is he i think so oh maybe i forgot okay anyway sorry but it would literally be like if he had done transformers he had you know done two others and then like oh you know it's exactly what happened he was young indy in indiana jones yeah that if that movie had been good and he had been the breakthrough to be the next Indiana Jones yeah can you imagine that's what would have happened yeah and that's kind of like the same type of thing so I guess it's a little different because Risky Business nobody really knew who Cruz was before that but it is sort of a similar thing it's very hard to imagine people actually having that kind of breakthrough in their career right it just doesn't happen um, no no not really and like and to go on the journey that Cruz has gone on over the last 30 years is well, that, that, that doesn't ever happen and those movies we named from the late 80s post 86 like Rain Man, best picture. Color of Money, mm-hmm. best actor. Uh, Born on the Fourth of July, he got a best actor nomination. Like, that's all in the next three years. Yeah. Crazy. And it's, it is also crazy <laughs> to look at someone like that in that long of a career, and, and you look at a lot of actors that have those long careers, yeah. or, or careers that look like they're going to go with that tra- trajectory, and they just drop off. It's because the dude is he's not an alcoholic. He yep. doesn't do drugs. Yep. He's not in the news for for like sex scandals all the time. Like no. he's just he took care of himself. Yeah. And that's why he was able to do this for so long. Yeah, the only thing that ever derailed him a little bit was the Scientology stuff. Yeah, exactly. And the Katie Oprah Holmes. couch jumping. Yeah, I can't jump on couches on Oprah, man. Nope. I think it's a lesson we all learned. Should we get a little bit into production development? Yeah. Yeah. This is um This is interesting. I mean, because we've talked about Tony Scott and Dom Simpson and Jerry Bruckhammer a lot. This yep. was Tony's breakthrough film. This was the one that kind of put him on the map. Yeah, so we, we've said before he was a guy who had sort of worked alongside Ridley and helped him on commercial projects. Um, in the late 80s is where he gets his break finally. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this and Beverly Hills Cop 2. And uh, this was, but this is definitely the movie that he's remembered by for a lot of people. Yeah. Which is really weird and bizarre and hilarious. he's done so much good stuff in his career, but this is, I mean... Nothing holds as much weight as Top Gun. Even Beverly Hills Cop, True Romance, Crimson Tide, all the Denzel movies. Yeah, it would be for for me. I think if I if I was going to guess the movies that people associate with Tony Scott, it's this and True Romance, mm-hmm. and then maybe to a lesser degree Crimson Tide. But like, I think it's just this and True Romance, which is funny because like they're not super Tony Scott yet. No, like this one is is on its way. You see a lot of the filters at the and, beginning, the grainy stuff, right? But he didn't even do his time thing yet. Like no. when he did times, they were they were like zeros and fives. Yeah, he right. He didn't do the twelve thirty seven seventeen yeah. minutes until this. Yeah. You know what we should do on the show is we should do the taking a Pelham one two three. We've done it, <laughs> and it's oh, save yourself. Save. I will save myself. <laughs> Do you want to handle writing? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. So Jim Cash and Jack Epps are a writing team. Um, Cash was actually Epps' professor at Michigan State University, and they became friends, and uh, and then they became writing partners. And everything that um, that uh, Epps has done is all with Cash. Okay. Cash has a few other credits um, on Kojak and Hawaii Five O, like the original ones. Right. But for the most part, these guys have just been a team writing movies together for about 30 years. Uh, well, eh, maybe like 20 years. Their most recent thing was Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Uh, the Flintstones, <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, man. Uh, Turner and Hooch. Yep. Dick Tracy. Great. And Anaconda. 
Fantastic. Yeah. So they're not very good at what they do, but Anaconda is sweet, and are Dick we, Tracy's sweet. Are we going to do Anaconda on here someday? We've got to do Anaconda one day. Like, I don't think it fits any of our criteria. Oh, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> I don't think it does, but... But it would be a fun one to do. But John Voight is is the greatest thing. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, so this whole movie was based off of an, a magazine article written by Yuhud Yone. I don't Ooh. even. Yeah. So he'd written. He's a, a journalist and a student in the military. He'd written an article about the Top Gun, the Top Gunners for a California magazine. Um, for some reason, a producer read that and they were like, "Let's make a movie out of it." Right. And it, this movie became so successful that they started to set up naval recruitment centers in theaters really? so that when dudes would leave huh. after watching Top Gun like fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. they'd be like sign up <laughs> and they had joined. the most trainees that year that they've ever had huh. up to that point interesting right interesting yeah isn't that great like could you imagine like watching Top Gun and then walking out and being like I can do that <laughs> I'm gonna do that <laughs> I'm gonna go play beach volleyball today yeah I mean that definitely was inspiring yeah um, <laughs> apparently <laughs> Um, but that's really it about the writing. I mean, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot about it. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, I believe we. Uh, I mean, Ruck Arm and Don Simpson, Don Simpson we covered last week when we did The Rock. Yep, we've covered them a number of times. I mean. This is the breakthrough movie for them. You know, Don Simpson did films with Jerry Bruckheimer for ten more years before he died in, mm-hmm. two, in 1986. Um, it's they're just kind of legends. They're there's just a few guys that are on that level. Uh, it's like the it's like the Bruckheimers and the Joel Silvers of yep. the world. It's not that many of them. Uh, they're they're always very popcorny, big big budget. You know, put the biggest actors in the biggest situations, kind of movies. Yeah, and we've talked about this as like to be those guys, to be the Silvers and the Bruckheimers and the and the Bermans out there. You have to evolve with the times. And I really think, I mean, if you just to list some of these these franchises he's been a part of, is like the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, and then it was Armageddon and The Rock and those type of movies, and the yeah. Bad Boy franchise, and then it became the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, right? And then didn't he also do the National Treasure Believe franchise? So, yeah. yeah, like after that. So it's like he's just a genius when it comes comes to understanding the evolution of film and what an audience wants to see. I know, and there's some attitude people have, and I've had this before where you're just like, look, if you have this much money and access, if you have these kind of relationships and this kind of money... And oh, this, you can do anything. But you it's can't. not really true. No, it's not. you see a lot of guys strike out. You see a lot of guys try. They try to do something interesting. They try mm-hmm. to do something amazing, and they strike out. Happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like more so for writers, eh, no, I guess all of them, writers, producers, and directors, more so than actors, it feels like, Yeah, it's harder for them to keep evolving with the times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because actors, you're handed a script that someone else wrote that's probably like, I mean, nowadays, it's like, well, the kid's 26. Right. He wrote the script, or he's 32, so he didn't have to evolve, I just have to read his writing, you know right. what I mean? Yep. Whereas, like, as a director or a writer, I mean, these guys, for instance, you know, Epps and Cash, that wrote this movie in 86... And then they're writing things like Anaconda, Hunt for the Blood Orchid. You <laughs> yeah. know, like they didn't evolve with the times. Right. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's a testament to, to how badass Bruckheimer is. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also the, to some degree like you're given opportunities based on what people know you can do. Right. So it's like, do you want to try to write that new, you know, cutting edge script that's totally out of genre? Or is it like I have the brand Anaconda. So if I write a sequel, maybe I can get it made. Right. And if I get it made, I'll get I'll make some money. And who really cares if people think it's quality because I'm going to get paid. Because I need to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not one of the greatest writers ever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that really does it for production budget. I mean, or production uh, development. I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting. Oh, Tony Scott got fired three times officially throughout the filming of this. It didn't say why. But uh, I wish I had more. Uh, audience, if you know anything about it, put it in the live chat or tweet at us because... 
That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, probably something just probably just something to do with the fact that he was a fairly inexperienced director on this kind of project. Right. Um, it's obviously a pretty big budget and a pretty big opportunity to put in someone's hands. So. Yeah, and dealing with, with the United States government in film, we've learned doing the show is not easy to do. Oh, strike that from the record, big budget. $15 million. Yeah, no, no. This movie didn't cost anything. 86, so 15 million back then. I mean, it's it's still substantial for the time. But you compare it to other blockbusters from the same time? Yeah. I mean, Terminator 2 cost 100 million dollars. Exactly. That was 4 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like this I mean, they were smart, but that's the thing about these again working with the United States government and the military is they don't let you do a lot of things. They don't let you take a lot of pictures or film in a lot of their locations. So you right. have to make it up. Yeah. Or you have to just like you know, what, what, the Blue Angels, what are they called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you talking know, about the flyovers and the rock. Yeah, rocks. like that. Like, you just film them. Yeah, you right. You just do that. In the, or like in Crimson Tide, you just fly over a submarine submerging and you just film it and put it in your movie. Right. So, like, even the rockets that were fired at the dogfight at the end, or, I mean, all the missiles that were fired, only two of them were actually real missiles. And the rest of them, you can all see, they all look like fake and drop right. down and yeah, all right, that. Right, it's because right. they only allowed them to, to shoot twice. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, another thing is, is uh, so all the lead actors got three flights in these F-14s to really see what it felt like. I remember reading about this, yeah. Goose is the only one that could keep his lunch down. Cruise, didn't, the cruise threw up. The first time. The other okay. two times he didn't, because of course he's Cruise. He's Cruise, yeah. But everyone else did. Kilmer, Slider, yeah. everyone. I've, so one of the Cruise's things you read about, and he's been doing this since the 80s, it's like anytime he's supposed to be a character, he invests completely, like mm. completely and totally, right, to, to absorbing it. So he spent... An obscene amount of time in San Diego on base, like yeah. uh, you know, even just even in cockpits, just getting more comfortable with the lingo and the way it's all supposed to work. Very, very much the same way that for you know the color of money, he was supposed to be a world class billiards player. So he just had a pool table put into his apartment in New York, and he played like eight hours a day yeah. for like months and months and months, and that's just what he did. God, it's so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> such a sweet life. Yeah, and I guess on set during this film to keep himself as the maverick mentality, he would just. He would do his take, and then he would just leave. He would not talk to or sit next to anyone else because he, I think he needed to, to establish himself in his own mind as, I'm above all of you. Yeah, right. You know, like, I'm better than all of you. Yeah. So, which yeah, is, on set, he didn't really, which is true. And it's the opposite. It's the opposite for Cruz in real life. I yeah, mean, he yeah, never he's like the sweetest guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about budget because that was crazy when I pulled this up. So, Paramount made this movie. I don't know if you saw the beginning on the trailer. That old-ass Paramount logo. Yeah, right. That was, like, the oldest one I think I've seen. Yeah. That was crazy. Super old. I mean, 86. We, we can't think of... Is this the oldest? No. Rambo? Rambo and, and Rocky Four were both 85, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've done anything earlier than that, though. No, I think Rambo's the oldest movie. This is one of the oldest yeah. movies we've done. Um, so this was 1986, in May, May 16th, 1986. So we're almost to 30 years. Uh... I'm going to go backwards because I think it's super interesting. It, on its opening weekend, it made $8 million. Yeah. And I really wish... Can you do me a favor, Donica? Uh, the movie Johnny Be Good, do you know who wrote this, the theme song for that? I'll look it up. Because um, they were supposed to do uh, music for this film. Okay. And they didn't want anything to do with it because they thought it was going to be a flop. Got it. And then they covered Johnny Be Good, did the theme t- or the title song for that, which is also the name of the movie. Yeah. And that movie was a huge flop. So they just... Totally screwed the pooch on it, huh? And I think this is this is this is what I find is so interesting. So opening weekend, it made eight million dollars, which is it's okay, you know, especially because it only cost fifteen. It made half its budget back, right? But what it went on to do was mind blowing. And without social media, that's what's so crazy. Is domestically ended up making one hundred and seventy nine million, tremendous amount of money against its cost, huge. Yeah, 
Uh, and then worldwide, 177 million for a grand total of 356.8 million dollars. Crazy numbers for back then. In '86, for a movie that cost 15 million dollars. So here's a crazy one for you. We've got the we've got the budget up here on the screen. Will, in just um, a second, um, Jay Ferguson is that who you were thinking of? That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. I, and uh, Judas Priest. Yeah, Judas Priest. That's what it was. Oh, it was Judas, yeah, it was Judas, Judas Priest? Priest that was supposed to do a, a bunch of title music or bunch of music for the huh. soundtrack for Top Gun, and they they refused it because they were like, "This movie's gonna suck." Well, it also sounds like a very un-Judas Priest thing to do. Yeah, but still, they did Johnny Be Good. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, too. Judas Priest covered Johnny Be Good. I guess. They did. Yeah. Huh. Um, so if you look at this, this is the worldwide unadjusted totals for every single movie that Tony Scott ever made. Right. Uh, Top Gun, even after adjustment is the highest grossing movie by a mile. Wow. Like, not even close. And no. that's, his, that's like his first big hit. Like and then you, Beverly Hills Cop 2, yeah. If you go by Unadjusted, like, his late 80s movies were just massive. That was 86 and 87, <coughs> right? Yep. Wow. Maybe, maybe 88, maybe 86 and 88. But, yeah, I mean, Enemy of the State, Deja Vu, Unstoppable, like, those those later movies did not make much money. I thought that was pretty fascinating, that even, even without adjustment, like, it's just enormous. Yeah, that's one of Denzel's highest grossing movies, Deja Vu. Yeah. Because as we've talked about on the show before, he, he doesn't make a lot of money for or his movies don't aren't huge blockbusters, but that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. I mean he peaked in the late eighties. Yeah. Monetarily. Yep. He went on to do awesome movies like Man on Fire and Crimson Tide. The Taking of Pelham One Two Three. I was not gonna say that. It's <laughs> almost like his worst movies did the best. Although Barely Hills Cop too sweet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> if it wasn't clear, Andrew hates Top Gun. I just don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it, guys. Uh, all right. So we're going to move on to um, our critical here. Yep. It's got a 6.9 on IMDb. Outrageous. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Totally. And again, guys, I don't like this movie, but I totally understand why people love it so much. And which yeah. that's why I pulled these reviews. Real quick, the presents falls true form 54%, 56%, and then 83% by the audience. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to read Ebert's here. It's a rotten review. It says the dogfights are absolutely the best since Clint Eastwood's electrifying aerial scenes in Firefox. But look out for the scenes where people talk to one another. Uh, great example of a scene. I see some real brilliance in your flying maverick, but I just can't say it in there because I think that everybody would see right through me. I just don't want them to let, I just don't want to let them know that I've fallen for you. And then does he just kiss her? It, no, like that's you don't even need to you have don't even a need, response. Yeah. It's like the it's worst just, delivery by uh, a line. Uh. You guys think that I'm like overdoing it. No, with my that's line exactly there. what it sounds like. I just don't want everybody to know that I've fallen for you. It's, it's like quite honestly one of the worst deliveries of a line I've ever heard in my life. It's better. I mean, it's worse than Rambo. You know, expendable. <laughs> That's a great line. It's a good line. The Rambo line, yeah. Uh, and then the other one is by Elizabeth Weitzman, and I also pulled this because I think it's funny. Yeah. There are elements that hold up, especially Cruz's blinding charisma. The aerial scenes are still thrilling and perfectly suited to a giant screen. Everything else, well, that depends on how nostalgic you're feeling. That depends on how drunk you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is, I think, uh, the truest review, and that's why I pulled it, is because, well, that ha- depends on how nostalgic you're feeling. That's true. Like, that is the thing about this movie. Yeah. Is, I mean, I don't know if I'm too young or if I just missed the boat or what it is, <laughs> but I don't have that, which is why I don't think I I enjoy it. Whereas with movies like Con Air, I have an extreme nostalgic feeling. Extremely nostalgic. Extremely nostalgic. I wonder if Con Air is your most irrational. No, because everybody loves that movie. That's yeah. not just, that's not specific to you. It's probably, it's probably like... <laughs> The Patriot or Last Samurai. Those are my, my yeah. highest ones. Yeah, The Patriot is real sweet. Uh, so we can't do ultimate action scene anymore because Ben used it for his fist bump <laughs> moment. But in case you guys don't remember, it's the volleyball scene. I can play it again. 
that's okay. That's okay, that's Donica. Good. I, got, I got a good fill. <laughs> you can leave good. it off. You can leave it off. Uh, so let's get into our favorite line. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, so, so uh, well, I got a few, but I think the most, like, Cruz just being a total fuck line in the whole movie. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to use the line I opened with. The son, your ego's writing checks, your body can't cash. That was mine. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what you were going to use? That was what it was, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know if I can come up with one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic, but for me, the one that I wanted to use was uh, when he walks into Kelly Vigilis' house, and he's late already, uh-huh. and he's like, I'm just going to take a shower. I'm going to take a shower. If you don't mind. And it's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, like, you're you're late to a date. You're showing up in sweaty-ass, dirty clothes. You've just been playing beach volleyball. You've never been over there before. And you're like, can I use your shower? It's like that's never happened. That's just a, that's just a true that sign that this movie was made thirty years ago. Well, you I, could just not do that now. I think I don't, I don't think even you can do it then. No, I just think Cruz <laughs> was being a fuck. I yeah. think that's part of what it was. It's like how can you be out? Could you be more outrageous? Yeah, could you be any more just unaware and full of yourself? But she's falling for him anyway. She, I'm falling, falling for you. I'm falling for you. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I think it was just because of of you saying it right before it happened. Yeah, it's in the very beginning when uh, is it not Merlin? Uh, the guy that drops out. Uh, Cougar. Co- Cougar. Yeah, is that it? I think so. Cougar was number one. <laughs> now you're number one. I'm holding on too tight. Oh yeah, I've lost the edge, sir. That's one of the best. It was just one of those things where I'm like watching this and I'm like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> Who like, says this is that? Like Ten yeah. minutes in and <laughs> like nothing even happens, but it, it 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 it's just perfect for the movie for me. Holding on too tight, sir. I've lost, lost the, the edge. edge. The edge of what, man? There's not even one intense scene in this whole movie. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, do you mind if I? Uh, oh please, uh, please. My my favorite line. It's definitely better um, than mine. I can't I can't <laughs> quote it. But uh, I can play it. So. Oh, this is actually what I was going to say, but I couldn't remember it either. If yeah. This is, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not a line. It's just uh, Val Kilmer doing this. Iceman's been trying to get Maverick. Just that. Right oh, there. Just, <laughs> just that. Wait, what he chops which his is, teeth. Which is also uh, <laughs> totally something that you would do as a guy to another guy that you don't like. 100%. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Right. Um, so we're going to get into the uh, hero and villain ranking now. Yes. Uh, we didn't rank villains. Mm. I don't think Iceman ranks. You don't think Iceman ranks? Well, it's just because it's... I mean, I love Iceman. He doesn't rank, but no, it's hard he's to... No, he's not even Samuel Gerard enough to rank as a villain. Yeah, he's not even really a villain. No, he's just a dick. Yeah, he's just... He's an <laughs> adversary. But is he really even a dick? Like, yeah. he's the best pilot there. Tom Cruise is the dick. He, Maybe yeah. that's my thesis. Yeah. Tom Cruise is the bad guy yeah. in this movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kazansky apologizes. Maverick, I'm sorry about Goose. Everybody liked him. And everybody hates you. Uh, I'm sorry. Donica, cue Ray, take my breath away. That was your cue <laughs> in the silent moment there. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, so, Ben, you have uh, you have Maverick ranked at 27th, it looks like. Yep. I uh, I put him uh, just just ahead of Wyatt Earp, okay. just behind Charles Morse. So, uh, Charles. so you have Mike Banning. Uh, what are you going to do about... Yeah. Who might just be rising in my rankings. Again, I had, somebody wanted to know about our show the other day, and I told them we had done The Edge, and they got really excited, and I showed them the fist bump scene in that movie, and yeah. they were like, I'm watching this. Like, this is great. It's the best. Yeah. Who did? Who was that? Josh. I know? Yeah. Oh, really? Josh wanted oh, to see God, it. God, that movie's so awesome. He's laughing out loud. Can we just do that movie again? Yeah, I know. The Edge would be top of my list. What's it going to do, Bob? Uh, all What's right. going to be, Bob? <laughs> today, we're going to kill the motherfucker. Uh, yeah, so I didn't rank Maverick. No hero ranking. No hero okay. ranking for me. So we'll get into the movies. This is interesting. Yeah. So, so taking it- piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I also put it in red because it's the worst. I would 
then and I actually had to sit there and legitimize this to myself. I, I would destroy the original <laughs> copy of this film if there was only one left. I would go back in time and make sure this movie was never made. Um, no, that's not true. I just was sitting there thinking because I wasn't just doing this to be a dick, even though it seems like that. But I actually had to legitimize my answer, and I did. I would rather watch every single one of those movies, all 50 of them again, before watching this movie. Mm. Even Taking a Pelham 123. I would absolutely love to watch Taking a Pelham 123 <laughs> over watching this. I understand why. Yeah. I understand why. It's Even Tombstone, a movie that didn't really hit home with me. Yeah. And it wasn't really a true action movie, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Probably because right. Kilmer's in it. He's sweet. Um, oh, that we forgot about that. That's, yeah, that's a huge one. I don't know how we forgot about Doc Holliday. Yeah, he's known for that. Uh, but yeah, so truly and legitimately, I would watch every other movie on this list over... Top Gun again, and I also was thinking it's kind of crazy that you and I have watched over fifty movies together in this last year. Well, and I think more than that. Well, definitely. I just yeah. mean just for the show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd probably say twice as many. I'd yeah. probably go closer to hundred. Absolutely. Um, yeah, agreed. I mean, I put Top Gun quite a bit higher. Mm-hmm. I put Top Gun looks like at number nineteen. Yeah, nineteenth. Um, Top Gun is absurd and silly to me, but like a classic in its own right. So like, it not, is. Not, like, on the level where I'm going to put it in the same conversation as movies that I think are really good, but, like, a good enough movie that I'm going to give it credit over Face Off. It's, it's better than Speed. It's better than Tombstone because, like, it's more iconic. It's, like, it's it's not as watchable as those movies, but, like, it just it's funny. It's, like, unintentionally hilarious way more times. And people are... <laughs> what? I just, you know... Just not happy? Of, eh, they're not not happy. They're just kind of surprised. I'm with you. Yeah. That it's the worst movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I put Top Gun... You know, it's not the highest, but it's... Yeah, I mean, I actually think you did... You put it pretty high. Yeah, it's reasonable. I mean, it's getting way, way, way harder to rank now. Yeah. I have a hard, I have a hard time, like, actually deciding where movies go now. Where the hell is the edge for me? Is the edge really lower? Yeah, just below Air Force One? I think it's five or six. Oh, really? It's not no, I have no idea. No. That's like for Android, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, yeah, I think you have the edge lower. And yes, we do know that they are making, or they're trying to make a sequel to this film. Yeah. We, I think we mentioned that earlier. I think they're making Top Gun 2 pretty soon. Yeah. They've been talking about it for a while. Because um, when, when Tony Scott's untimely uh, suicide happened, he was... Uh, working on it, yeah. Working on scout, scouting locations. Yeah. You know, um... But yeah, we know that, and I, I'm throwing shade. Ben is not, and this is just my opinion. That's all. And we'll definitely do Top Gun too on the show. Absolutely, and, and we and, and and we did Top Gun because we had to. This is it's 30 years, and it's again, it is one of the most loved movies out there. Yeah. So Very I important. just I'm just you know one of the minority. That's all. Yep. Uh, should we get into recast? We shall. We are doing a classic modern day recast. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a, in a minute, or if we have, I forgot. But this is we're doing the five basic main characters: so Maverick, Goose, Iceman, Viper, and Charlie. Uh, does she have a name in the movie? It's Charlie. It actually is Charlie? Yeah. I mean, well, at least on the credits. It's not like call sign Charlie or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hashtag Charlie. Yeah, it's Charlie. Uh, <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. So I think we should start with, we should go back to front. Let's start with our Charlie. Okay. So she sucks. She, um, she does. My my recast totally doesn't fit, but it's just, I I had to. <laughs> is it Keenan Thompson? It's, <laughs> it's Alicia Vikander. It's not. She, she's not very good. She's like just kind of whatever and like yeah. pretty forgettable. So I chose Katherine Heigl. It's perfect. That's really good. I kind of want to cast the chick from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Ellen Pompeo? Is she the lead chick? Yeah, she's She's Grey. <laughs> Kevin Gillis is like 50 in this movie. <laughs> um, it is I, weird that she's the older woman in this movie. She is. And even though she's like not supposed to look that much older, she like looks quite a bit older than Grey's. Clearly. And in real life, she's five years older than he is. Yeah, and I think it's because um, it's like a motherly 
thing. It's the yeah. only reason she can put up with him. I don't know. Right. Uh, I cast Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt? <laughs> what? Because I love her. and Because I'm trying to make a movie here with my cast that I would actually like. A movie that improves the movie. For the, for the most part. Yeah. But Kelly McGillis, the whole time I was watching it, I just, I'm not on board with her. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, she's not very good in this movie. Who'd you cast as Viper? Brad Pitt. That's I, sweet. I thought that, like, because originally I was going to go with Kurt Russell, uh-huh. um, but I thought that Brad Pitt, like, at this point in his career, he seems like he's more willing to take, like, the the weird sort of, like, B supporting role. Right. I mean, granted, he was a producer on The Big Short, which is why he did that. Uh-huh. But, like, it's a, it doesn't seem like if they were going to make, like, remake Top Gun, Brad Pitt being the instructor, because Viper is one of the sweetest characters. Yeah. Like, he might take it. That doesn't seem, like, that crazy to me. Yeah, I have, like, two for everything, like, yeah. are serious and a, and a not serious. So I have Tim Roth as serious. For Viper? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I like Tim Roth. Yeah. But for non-serious, I have David Caruso, which I think would be better. <laughs> How old is David Caruso From now? Jade? Yeah. Uh, he's got to be, like, almost 60. From NYPD Blue? Yeah. From, what is it? Is it was he CSI Miami? Was it that one? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really bad. Uh, who'd you get as Iceman? So this was the hardest one for me, and this could be wrong, but I, I at this point, I chose Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. I think Shia LaBeouf could be... Shia LaBeouf would... Uh, <laughs> I think he'd be a strong choice. I could see him wearing the sunglasses. I could see him being kind of a fuck. You and I like Shia LaBeouf more than almost anyone I know. Yeah. Well, he's he's like doing the thing right now that we're mm-hmm. talking about where 10 years from now, after he's won an Oscar, because I guarantee he'll win an Oscar. He, will, he needs to one I, day. I guarantee he will. As crazy as that sounds, I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 10 or 12 years from now, when like Shia LaBeouf is like in his late 30s, it's going to be like... Yeah, I mean, he's made all these things I like. Shallow Love's actually just really Yeah, good. yeah, and he's going to come full have, circle yeah, again. it's going to be yeah. a full circle thing. Uh, we called it here and now on AMA. Yep. Uh, I, I picked Chris Pine. As Shia Buff. As, yeah, as Iceman. As, as Iceman. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Uh, did you hear about this guy that uh, looks like looked like Shia Buff and got his ass kicked? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shia LaBeouf reached out to him. <laughs> And they, like, became friends or whatever. No, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy, man. Uh, People hate Shia LaBeouf. They really do. And I don't know. It's He's done a bunch pants. of weird shit these last few years. Yeah, I mean, when you go in, you, in a theater and you watch all of your movies back to back. And there's the th- and then the thing with him in the elevator. And, and the, the thing, just do it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it. Just do it. The thing with the bag on his head. Who <laughs> was attacked for looking like him. <laughs> Poor guy. The thing with bag on his head, the thing of him uh, rapping. Yeah. There's just all these he's weird. Awesome. He's awesome. He's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> totally on board with Shelba. I, I wonder if we could ever get him on here. Oh, we should do it. Could we do Transformers? Nah, oh, yeah, we could just totally put a bag on somebody's head and say it's Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Transformers yeah, has, so much, good idea, Transformers has so much canon, it'd be hard to avoid. I bet you we could do I bet you we could do it. Eagle Eye? <laughs> we could maybe do Disturbia. Yeah, I guess we would just bend the rules. Probably would just do Transformers. Transformers is sweet. I love Dude, you can do Indiana sweet. Jones 4. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, all right, so who's your goose? Uh, so goose, is, this was my favorite. So I've used him a bunch of times, right? Danny McBride. Yeah. That's that's who I want to use yeah, as my goose. You love Danny. Because I, I mean, think, we all do. Because I think he'd be hilarious in this role. Uh-huh. I think he'd be fantastic. I decided to go with Keenan Thompson. <laughs> Because I think it's funnier. I just don't get it. Yeah, I think it's funnier. Um, I just think like because because like Danny McBride like wouldn't quite be a fish I went out of with water. Kel Mitchell. I thought about it. I didn't. <laughs> uh, but but I think Keenan Thompson like would be much more like an SNL sketch. Can he fit in a cockpit of yeah, an SNL? I don't know. That's why I liked it. I thought it was funny. I liked it. <laughs> it's like when you see like a six foot five, three hundred fifty pound guy like driving a Fiat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just like those giant guys that get in a Porsche. Yeah. It's just, like very uncomfortable. Uh, so my serious one was Jesse Plemons. Okay. <laughs> I ended up replacing him with uh, either Blake Anderson or Anders Holmvik. 
Oh, okay. Both from uh, Workaholics. Yeah, I thought about uh, for Goose going with Franco. Like, I, that's so really yeah. James Franco. Yeah, because I cast his younger brother. I cast Dave Franco as Slider. Yeah, because oh. I thought we were going to originally because he has that such a shithead face. Yeah, I wonder if Dave Franco could pull off Maverick. I wonder if he could pull off Iceman. Yeah, I thought. About I feel that. like he looks too hateable. Yeah, you don't want to like him. No, no, no. Uh, which is so funny because everyone loves his older brother, but something about Dave just looks like yeah, hit him. Um, I went Chris Pine as Maverick. You really did. I That's did. funny because I actually originally had him as Maverick, but okay. then I was thinking that he looks too much like Iceman in the sense of like he looks. Like, you need a boyish, lovable guy there, whereas Chris Pine looks kind of yeah. like what an Iceman would look like, you know, like the I just was confident. Thinking, I just was thinking about him in Star Trek. Yeah, And I was same. just like, he's just too good. God, not. that first trailer is so good. So good. First Star, yeah, Star, Star Trek. Trek 1. Yeah, it's one of the best. <laughs> uh, Miles Teller. Okay. Because he isn't intimidating looking. You know uh, what I mean? That's like actually he's, really good. Yeah. I can see Miles Teller works really well for him. I him. like that kid a lot. I yeah. really hope that, because I keep hearing that he's a prick. Like, everyone tells me he's just an asshole, and I really hope that's not true, because I really like him. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know anybody that knows him, so. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, uh, there are three action movie categories, guys. There are. Um, and those action movie categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. So, uh, basically, movies that are totally absurd, like Fall Off the Cliff of Absurdity, that's like Con Air and mm-hmm. Face Off. Then you have movies that are totally legit, so... You know, Terminator 2, The Fugitive, uh, and then movies that are kind of right in the middle. They they're held together by one compelling performance. They're they're in, they're kind of engaging all throughout. Maybe you laugh unintentionally sometimes, but at the end you're like, that was just a sweet a movie. Sweet movie, yeah. Uh, for me, Top Gun is clearly totally ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not even a question for me. I'm sure there's a, f- a bunch of people out there that might put it in the middle category. But it just doesn't have enough legitimacy anywhere. I laughed the whole time. Yeah, right. Like completely, and I never laughed when they wanted me to. No. Yeah. Except for when Kelly McGillis walks in and yeah. cruises incredibly Which is great. Which That's is a, a great, great moment. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, a couple things from the audience. Uh, Goose, Liam Hemsworth. That's not bad. Okay. Hugh Jackman for Viper is sweet. I went there. That's real good. I had that. No! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had that, except that I felt like he is like too much of an alpha. And right. You need a guy who's a little... He's capable of being a little more submissive than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Iceman, Henry Cavill. Uh, Maverick, Nicholas Holt. Okay. Those are all good. Those are great, guys. I don't think Nicholas... Well, maybe. Nah, it's pretty good. It's not yeah, bad. Yeah, good. He's, def- I mean, he's definitely growing on me. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we need to do today... Well, we actually will say it. It's called The Pitch! But guys, we, we're going to do this thing, and it's, uh, it's going to be essentially like a retrospective clip show. Because we've done... Next week will be our 52nd episode of the show. It will be. Um, I mean, if you discredit the two watch-alongs we did, yeah. uh, which are kind of their own thing. Because we took two weeks off during December of last year. Yeah, but our, our like actual episodes of the show, we uh, our 52nd episode of the show. And so what we're going to do is we're going to each come up with our top 10 episodes of mm-hmm. the show. We're each going to review them. We'll probably pull some clips, some of the funniest moments. Because yeah. some of you that are listening or watching, I'm sure, have not watched every single episode. So maybe you've missed some of the moments. But for us, this is kind of labor of yeah. love. We, we love this show. Absolutely. And it'll be fun to go back and, and look at some of the funniest moments, some of the favorite episodes. And we're going to do like a his top 10 versus my top 10 countdown to our favorite episode of the show that we've ever done. Oh, um, man. There's so many things that are just popping in my head right now. Yeah. So that'll be next week's episode. Same time, same place. 3 o'clock next Wednesday, guys. And uh, we urge any of you that have watched Every single episode or most of the episodes, if you want to come up with your top five or your top ten episodes of the show that really stuck out to you, ones that just mm-hmm. you just loved. Or um, moments, not even the whole episode, but just moments 
yeah, be with us next week to share those with us and let us know because we're we're really looking forward to this. I think this will be a really fun, really fun uh, look back at the last year. Absolutely, and you know what? I wouldn't even mind just a little bit of help because like there, I mean, fifty two episodes is a lot to think back over, and yeah. I have like a, definitely a handful of moments that I really love. But not only if you guys want to make your own list, but if throughout the week you're going back and you're looking or you remember things, tweet at us. I'm at Andrew Guy. He's at Ben Baton yeah. Media or at AMA Podcast, and let us know what some of your favorite moments are. Because if you remind us of some, we'll just pull the clip and put it up. Right, because there's there's been 70 or 80 hours of the show, yeah. and like occasionally I'll go back and watch a few minutes of an episode, but I mean, there's just going to be stuff in episodes. There's episodes I can remember, like, I just don't remember that much about it. I don't, I don't remember much. anything about cer- certain ones. You yeah, know? Lethal Weapon, I hardly remember yeah. doing, or like yeah, Independence Day. like And so, those, they're great. Yeah, every I've, we've enjoyed every single episode of the show, so uh, let us know your thoughts, guys, and uh, and we will see you, same time, same place, next week. Adios. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.